Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is taken from Luke chapter 12 and it reads from the 4th through the 7th verse, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing of the body has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Here ends our text. We sometimes see what we call what seem to be contradictions. It's rare that Jesus gives us contradictions in the same paragraph. He said, fear him. And then he turns around and he says, do not be afraid. How is it that we are supposed to fear God and at the same time not be afraid? This is perhaps one of the great mysteries of the great Christian life. Not long ago, there was a film back in November that was released called Hacksaw Ridge, and it is about a man by the name of Desmond Doss, who was, as he entered into the military, a conscientious objector. A rather rare kind of thing because he was a conscientious objector who wanted to serve within the military. And his medal, I guess you might say, was going to be soon proven as he participated in this assault in Okinawa in World War II. Conscientious objectors were very often people who were only using religion as an excuse to avoid the fear and the terror of war. And there were many who probably thought that Desmond Doss was a person who was trying to evade having to deal with the problem of his own fear. But his rejection was not only religious and deeply personal, but he said that he was willing to serve as a medic. It's just that he would do so, he said, without touching any weapons whatsoever. The result of this was that he encountered all kinds of opposition and even persecution. Some thought that this meant he was weak and that he would be fearful, so he was beaten even by his own fellow soldiers. He was denied privileges by his superiors, all with the effort to try to make him cave in and give up on his convictions. They thought that he would be a weak link in his company, somebody who would be unwilling to fight, and that therefore it meant that they should try to court-martial him, and they did for insubordination, refusal to bear arms. What this man was, true or hypocrite, came to be tested on the battlefield as soldiers were dying and wounded, as the entire army retreated from their position this man was left alone, totally alone, up there on Hacksaw Ridge. He was left alone, compelled by his conscience to save the lives of the wounded and the dying. Ultimately, 
by himself, he saved over 75 lives of men on that battlefield as he propelled or lifted them down off of the ridge by himself. He was a person who eventually came to be to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor as the only person who has ever been a conscientious objector to receive such an honor. Well, we say that we are Christians, don't we? As Christians, are we Christians both on the outside and on the inside? You see, there is that outside and then there is that inside and the idea is that a hypocrite would be a person who would be one but not the other. A hypocrite, Jesus warns us, is a person who takes religion and uses it for all the wrong reasons. We use our hands to pray. But as we use our hands to pray, we want as Christians to be able to have our hearts believing that God hears these prayers and they are prayers that come not just from our lips, but also from our hearts. We bring our gifts to God's house. But also we pray as Christians that when we give our gifts, we are also giving our hearts to our Lord as well. We build these edifices, these church buildings for the purpose of glorifying God. But we pray that when we enter into this building, this is not about us glorifying ourselves, but rather upon us as humble creatures, bowing underneath the grace of God, of receiving and giving to him his glory. We reach out with the gospel to try to share that with people that come here to lift their burdens. And we pray that as we lift their burdens, we would also take them upon our own hearts and carry the burdens of each other as loving Christians. As Christians, we outwardly want to be able to honor those who are messengers and teachers and proclaimers of God's word, but we also want to reach deep inside ourselves for a willingness to give of ourselves to support and uphold the hands of those who do. So we ask our Lord, and this is a part of what it means to be a Christian, we say we don't want to be hypocrites, Lord. We don't want to be like those Pharisees and those teachers of the law who used religion as nothing but an outward thing with nothing on the inside to go along with it. We want to be whole people on the outside and the inside being Christians as well. Strangely, and this is where our mystery begins to unfold, like Desmond Doss, when we fear God, we are no longer afraid of the world in which we live. Just as Jesus said in our text, that when we fear God, we don't have to worry about fearing men. That when we fear God, who has the power over our souls, that we need not fear anything else in this world. Jesus, in chapter 11 of our text, issues a whole group of woes, 
woes against hypocrisy. And it's helpful for us to understand what that hypocrisy looks like if we are going to be people who are going to fear God and not be hypocrites. Hypocrisy, what exactly is it? It's doing something religious on the outside without some correspondence of the heart on the inside. It's giving gifts to God without giving our heart to God. It is using religiosity to make ourselves important when God should be the one who is made to be important. It's pretending to promote the gospel of God's forgiveness and mercy at the same time that we use legalism to beat down people and make their burdens greater is using God's word to redeem and restore, not to redeem and restore, but to rather to burden people's hearts, is pretending to honor God's messengers at the exact same time that we actually despise them. Jesus tells the Pharisees, he said, you are those who build the tombs for the prophets. And it was your fathers who killed those prophets. He is saying, we don't want to be people who are using our religion as a way of being able to cover up our hearts. We should instead, indeed fear God, for this cannot be hidden, and ultimately the day will come where all things will be uncovered. Ultimately, the fact of the matter is, is that hypocrisy arises out of our fear of the world, our fear of death, and it is this that ultimately makes us into hypocrites. That's why these words of Jesus are so important to us. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It may appear as though God has forgotten us. He takes us through what Luther called fire and water just like the passing of those people through the Red Sea, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there in the fiery furnace. God takes us through trials in our life. And just like this Desmond who finds himself manifested as a man of courage and conviction, somehow through these trials and tribulations of our life, God tests our hearts. And he enables us to be able to see that he has not forgotten us. His love is a very strange thing it allows us to go through trials. And he tells us, don't be afraid. Look at those sparrows out there. Not a single sparrow, not a single little tiny bird falls from heaven apart from the will of God. And he says, you know, God even numbers the very hairs on our head. And I'm not going to ask you to even comment on that. Even though there may be few, he knows that too. He knows even the very numbers of hairs on our head, meaning God knows every minute, finite detail in our lives, and he cares for us far more than even these birds of the air. If we could be moved by the valor of a man who could go out and save 75 lives on a battlefield and give of himself to do this, 
how much more should we be not moved as we see this very Savior of the world coming into our flesh who goes to the cross and suffers and dies in order that we might have life. And he is the ultimate Savior of all mankind, bearing in himself even the very punishment for our own sins. Now, because of his sacrifice, he has given to us all the riches and all the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. What are those things? The treasures of not having to worry about food and drink, what we shall wear, what should we put on, but rather something far deeper within us where he gives us the strength and the stamina and the courage to be able to handle all these things of life. These treasures of the kingdom of God tell us that we, even though we might worry, that we should not worry because we have been granted all the treasures that the kingdom of God have to offer. We hear it in the third article of the Creed, don't we? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, that God has actually given us those treasures, not in the future, but we have them now. And if we have a resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, in what way could the world ever make us fear? We have been given all the treasures of the kingdom of God, and these are treasures that come as free gifts out of God's kindness and mercy. If we could but look at just one man, Desmond Doss, and see a soldier who is going out into the battlefield while shells are exploring around him while the enemy is trying to be able to shoot him. And he is out there grabbing people he doesn't know. And out of his mercy and his kindness, he is saving those lives. We get a small little picture of the one-sided love and favor of God who would send his son into the world in order that we might not die but live. Yeah, these gifts that have been given unto us, well, Desmond could look, take those men and put them down a great big cliff and he would save them only for them to die again. God has given us the gift of everlasting life. And in his salvation, there is no power of condemnation. In his salvation, there's no power of death. In his salvation, we have been given a gift of everlasting life. So why should we be afraid of anything in this life? So here comes the mystery. Fear him, and you will not be afraid of anything in life. That cross, that cross where Christ died, is the hacksaw ridge in the battle between heaven and hell, between God and Satan, between good and evil between death and life itself, there is only one person in all of creation who is capable of being able to remain on that battlefield to save our lives. Fear him, and you will never be afraid. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus, your victor. 
Amen.